And tonight we'll be continuing this, this kind of idea of what grace is. And tonight, if you're taking notes, tonight's message is entitled, Grace is Amazing. Grace is Amazing. Father, I praise you. Lord, I pray that your word just comes out the way you want it to. Lord, I pray that any preconceived notions we have about, about grace, Lord, we just kind of drop those to the side and we allow your presence and your, your word to speak to us tonight, God, and, and just renew us. It's 2019. It's a new year. Renew our spirit. Renew our minds. Let us get ready for a, for a year of ministry and a year of growing deeper with you. We praise you and exalt you. Amen. Now, the thing is, is we say that pretty, pretty easily in church. We say, you know, amazing grace or, or grace is, you know, we, we sing it, you know, we're, we're like amazing grace. And then wait, we get like this. We, help! come on now. Come on. Now, like, yeah, right. Now, here's the deal. Uh, a side note. First of all, I'm very jealous of pastors that can actually sing. Um, I want to let y'all know that. I do not hold any qualms that I can sing. Um, do not think that. I have a friend of mine. He's like a really, first of all, he's a really good preacher. Like one of those preachers that you're like, man, I really wish I could preach like that. Like he's a good preacher. But then like I was watching him one day and he's kind of, um, the way he talks, you don't think that he'd be a good singer. He kind of has a raspy voice. It's a little bit high pitched and stuff like that. And he, he gets up there and he preaches the walls down and he's so good. But one day, you know, they were going into worship and he got up and he's like, Hey, let's just continue to worship God. And he just gets up and he starts singing. I'm like, I'm like, I'm leaving. This makes me sick. And you know, it's funny because I really do believe that I was the only youth pastor that couldn't sing. You know, we're all at camp and like all these youth pastors are down there praying for their kids and you can hear them singing. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm just moving my mouth. You know, I'm down there praying over my kids. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, and uh, because I know I can't sing. But um, what I have noticed is like the uglier the face and the weirder you look, the more spiritual it is when you do sing. Right. Um, but we, we sing about amazing grace and, and what, it, what that means. But what is amazing grace? What is that word amazing? I looked it up, and it means causing astonishment, causing great wonder or surprise. And it refers to things that are unusual and not commonplace. And so I was thinking about this, and I was kind of, I was like, okay, you know, and I was kind of coming up with these notes, and it was right at um, Christmas, and this year we decided, like, we, we have our nice house, we're going to decorate the outside of our house for Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of y'all have done it. That's why it's super quiet, because some of y'all are like, mm, bless him. You know, I, because both me and Rachel grew up, and, like, our parents never got into that, and I remember, I hate heights, like, hate heights. And I don't mean, I feel like what you're hearing is I don't like heights, but I mean I hate heights, right? Like Tony Hart got me in an elevator one time and I had to sit in the back corner after we got on like floor 20 because I hate heights. This is an elevator. You know, I hate them. So I bought this little stick that would allow me to hang my lights without a ladder. 
right? How many of y'all know that it didn't work? Um, so I remember the second night that I go out to decorate for Christmas, and I'm like, you know what? It has just dawned on me why my parents never decorated the outside of our house for Christmas, because it makes me want to burn my house down. And so I remember sitting there thinking, I'm like, man, this is awful. And, uh, you know, it should have dawned on me because I looked down and, like, my neighbor, two houses down, he walks out and he's got this little bundle of lights and this inflatable that's deflated. You can tell it's Santa and, and stuff like that. And he walks out and he goes, <laughs> and he has this little stepladder. And he gets up and he goes, click, 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 then runs the lights off. Then he plugs in a Santa and he goes, and walks in. Well, it's about that time that I'm like, really? So I walk out to the to my driveway, and I go over, and I'm kind of looking at his Santa, and I'm like, and I realize that it's the Grinch. And what he's done is he's taken his little strand of lights, and then he's ran it down, and then has the Grinch, like it's still in it. And then he's like, I'm done. And I'm like, you've done this before. You've done this before. But I got it up. It took me, what? It, it took me like a week, didn't it? Ah, that's so sad. I even got like our inflatable Santa up on the roof. You know how I did that? I had to climb up on the roof. I had to anchor that bad boy, run power and all that. So I stand back and I'm like, yes, this is going to be, that's it? And I remember thinking, I'm like, that took me a week. And I'm like, oh my Lord. And, and so I'm like, this is awful. Like, the music in my head was like, womp, womp, womp. We went in. I got Rachel. You know, my blood pressure is like 180 over 200 by now. I go in, I get Rachel, and I get Judah. And walk outside. Judah's eyes are closed. I plug it in. And Judah goes, oh, it's amazing. It's awesome. I love it. Just like that. And I remember, I'm like, ah, oh, that's awesome. I love it, right? And I, I, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I don't think this kid's seeing the same thing that I'm seeing. And every night, he was like, can we please go plug in Santa? Can we do this? And I remember sitting there thinking how amazed he is. And then I remember looking at Rachel. I'm like, that's why we did it, right? Because it's amazing. But to him, it was unusual, and he was astonished, right? He was so excited, and he was so happy, and to me, that meant so much. And I started to think about how things that are amazing are not ordinary, how things that are amazing are not commonplace. So if God's grace is amazing, but we kind of, you see where I'm going with this? We kind of take it, and we talk about it, sometimes like it's ordinary and and so what I've, I've started thinking is that maybe people don't really understand grace and there are several reasons why I think that um think about this how many people came into church just this past weekend first weekend of a new year came into church they came in feeling shame condemnation what about fear of failure you know uh came in from like a crazy end of year, came in from a crazy beginning of the year, and they're filling all this stuff. What about this even further? How many believers are living like that right now? 
how many believers came into church feeling shame, feeling regret, feeling condemnation. Um, how many people came in to church feeling performance-oriented and perfection-driven. Um, I was thinking about how many Christians deal with depression and discouragement because they feel like they can't measure up. You know, and it, you start to feel this, this painting of, well, this doesn't sound amazing, right? Um, this is happening in church because I feel like people don't fully understand grace. Um, here's what I mean by that. Somehow, along the way, we feel like it's still our place um, to make us accepted by God, right? It's quiet in here. Am I boring you, or is it just deep and tired? All right. Um, we're still in a place that believing the lie that after you receive God's grace, you have to keep earning it. <laughs> you have to earn it. And that's why I believe that there's so many people that's been in church for years, and they're serving God out of fear and not out of love. That was me for years. They believe that they're, they're, they're scared that the daddy that's adopted them and saved them are going to stop loving them. And so they have this like complex and this men mentality because if I mess up, then I'm going to be thrown away. And I don't know about you, but that's not amazing grace. And this is what really stuck with me about this is a hopeless church can't help a hopeless world. If the church is feeling like that, what do you think the world's feeling like? There's generations of people that are kind of, you know, that, that I've known that have gone to church religiously, but they're empty because they know that they should go to church. They don't feel like they really measure up. Or the next generation that stopped going to church because they think that it's fake. Because people don't want to fear something. They want to love something. They want to, they, want to, they want to serve a God that loves them. They want to serve a God whose grace is a gift. They don't want to serve a God who they have to feel like if they don't measure up, then they're going to be thrown out. And uh, so what that's done is that's, led me to believe that obviously people don't really truly understand grace and I've heard it put like this before a lot <laughs> a lot I grew up and I heard this my entire life growing up and I heard it recently and that's what made me think about it and it says this it says grace is like this I've, I've heard it I'm going I'm gonna try to enter get my my good preacher voice you know grace is like this you're in a boat, and you're stuck in a current, right? And that current's trying to pull you away from God. That current's trying to pull you to hell, right? But then God provides the oars, and that's grace, right? And, and, and so then what, what normally happens, and I've heard this, is, is then they'll go, and as long as you keep rowing, you're going to make it. Right, and this, this is where everybody starts to get excited because they're like, yeah, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. And, and then they'll go, grace is the divine enablement to keep on rowing. Right? And I used to believe that 
because that, that echoed my existence. That echoed my Christian walk. My life was made up of, God, please help me be able to keep rowing prayers, right? Because I didn't understand grace. And I want to tell you that being <laughs> thinking that, God, give me the power to row, that's not amazing grace. That's, that's amazing you, right? Give me the power to row. That's me rowing myself out of the current. And I started to understand grace, and I realized that rowing didn't sound right. I want you to lean in here. There's one question that we fail to ask when we're often talking about grace. We're quick to ask and define what grace is, right? Um, but the question that we actually end up answering is what it does. You see, grace empowers you to live a new life. Grace does empower you to change. It empowers you to say no to addictions that's, that's had you for years. It's had strongholds. But what grace is, and I want you to write this down if you're taking notes, grace is the unmerited, unearned, undeserved kindness and favor of God. I'm going to repeat that. Grace is the unmerited, unearned, undeserved kindness and favor of God. There's nothing you did or could do to deserve it or earn it. Come on, somebody. I wanted to make this talk about grace. I wanted to make it a series because for some of us here tonight, I believe that this is new, you know, I believe that for some of us, there's been years of, of like a different thought of what grace is. And for some of us, this might be a new concept, you know, for some of us, maybe we've never even learned what grace really is, you know, new Christians or, or, or maybe you've just never really taken the time to realize what grace is. And I want this to get in our hearts, especially as we're gearing up to a new year of ministry. I believe that we're going to need this right here. Because one of the things that I've noticed in our church, God has told us to prepare. He did that. He started preparing us. Then he started to, to deal with us that we, we've got to be a safe place for people to come and struggle with sin. And then I really felt like God was telling me to talk about this, talk about grace, talk about what grace really is. And so I'm starting to see the structure of what God's doing. And I believe that God's getting ready to show us some powerful things, and this is going to come up. Amen? So let's keep going. I'm going to read to you in the probably the most popular verse of Scripture concerning grace, then we're going to close tonight. Um, I'm going to read from three different translations because they just keep getting better. I was going to make a joke there about just keep getting gooder, but my wife is judging me. I feel it. Like, I feel it hard already. She's judging me, and I'm, I'm trying to be better. Um, so Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, I'm going to be reading from the NLT, the Amplified, and the Message translation, starting with the NLT. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. It tells us right there, verse 8, you can't take credit for it. It's not your rowing that allows you to have the gift of God. It's, it's a gift, right? Everybody say gift. 
Yeah. Verse 9, salvation is not a reward for good things we have done. I can bow your head and close your eyes right now, right? It's not a reward for the things we have done so that none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. Think about that next time. Next time you're struggling with depression, we're God's masterpiece, you know? We're God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Sounds like our church, doesn't it? He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we could do good things he planned for us long ago. You see, God chooses not to remember our sins. This should make some people happy because some people... And this is kind of where I was, is you don't feel like your rowing's accomplishing anything. So let's check out the Amplified version. Is everybody familiar with the Amplified version before I go into it at all? Yeah? Okay. Anybody not familiar with it? Don't be weird. I'll make it weird. You want me to make it weird so you don't feel like you're making it weird? No? Good? Okay. All right. Verse 8. For it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor, drawing you to Christ. I wrote this down. If there is a current, it's not a current drawing you away from God. It's a current drawing you to Christ. And then we have our sin and our life and our circumstances and those things, and those are obstacles. Continuing on. That you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God, not as a result of your works nor your attempts to keep the law so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for his, meaning God's, salvation." And I like that because they're pretty careful to be redundant because what's hap what happens if we're not careful here is that we'll start to, you know, kind of, we get to this place where we're like, well, I didn't deserve it, but now, you know, I've been a Christian for a while, so now, right, <laughs> like now I've been living this thing long enough that I kind of, you know, I've got this thing down. Come on, that's some good Bible right there, you know? I couldn't do it, Pastor Brad. <laughs> Band, if you would, please come on up. We're closing, and I got one more translate, translation to read to you. But before we get to that, on this particular block of Scripture, I had to write a 10-page paper, and uh, so I know it pretty well <laughs> in one of my theology classes. And... Uh, this scripture would have been written to people who needed to be reminded that they were important to God also, right? This would have been a people that needed to hear that they were important to God. So he gave them this gift and then this scripture to tell them how amazing the gift is so that they can know how amazing they are. And I felt like God's saying that to us again now, is that we need to know that we're important to God. 
and that we need to be reminded of God's remarkable, astonishing love and compassion. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes. Um, I'm going to read from the message translation, and I just, I love the way this says it. And my hope tonight is that the burden that we feel to earn God's grace is lifted. I believe that it's hard to move further when we're wearing ourselves out fighting a current that's not ours to fight, right? When we're fighting battles that's not ours to fight, when we're trying to earn stuff that wasn't ours to earn. And I just want you to kind of let this get in your spirit. It says, now God has us where he wants us with all the time in this world and next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All that we do is trust him enough to let him do it. I want y'all to listen to that right there. Trust him enough to let him do it. Because I think that's, that's where it all boils down. That's where it that's where it starts to get twisted right there. And I'll kind of come back to that. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't even play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging what we'd done. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and saving. Today, when I was praying and reading over this and just kind of preparing for tonight, I really felt like God spoke to me. And one of the things that I know happens when you're in church and you start talking about grace is it's really easy when you're talking about grace to, when you've been in there, when you've been in church for a while, to just be like, grace uh, and messages on grace is like, permission, <laughs> permission, right? And I was thinking about that and I'm like, God, how can I, how can I deliver this message where it doesn't sound like it's permission to live in sin? And God spoke to me and he said, simple. Grace is freedom to live in my power. Grace is freedom to live in my power. And listen to this. Listen to this. Saving was all his idea and all his work. All we have to do is trust him enough to let him do it. And what I think happens a lot is we trust God enough to be our savior. Man, we trust God enough to let him take the nails. But we, we don't always trust God enough to let him take the oars. We don't always trust God enough to, to, to trust that that current is leading us somewhere that's closer to him. So we take the oars and we start rowing and we start rowing and we start rowing and we start rowing and we start praying, God, give us the power to keep rowing. 
And then when we can't anymore, we say that God wasn't faithful and he failed us and we can walk away. But instead, what grace does is it enables us to put the, the oars down and it enables us to, to have freedom and hope, have freedom and power. It enables us to, when there's a world out there that's wondering how, what, you know, what makes God's grace so amazing? We can look at that and say, we have freedom. I don't have to worry about this anymore. I don't have to worry about if my salvation has been earned <laughs> because it was a gift. It wasn't a reward. And I think that's what so many people think. So many people think that it was a reward. And a reward is something that you earn. A gift is not. So what I want to do tonight is if you're here and you've just been kind of rowing, <laughs> you've just been rowing yourself, you've been, maybe you were like me and you've been raised hearing that, you know, life is <laughs> like you're in a boat in a current and God's grace is the power to keep you rowing. If that's you tonight, I just want to encourage you to be set free from that. Amen? Like, we don't have to struggle with it. We can just be set free from it. Isn't that cool? But if that's you tonight, I'd like you to just raise your hand up at me. If that's you. I see that hand. See that hand. And then, for the other group, I just want to encourage you, because sometimes the enemy, man, if the enemy could just get you to where you don't trust God in something, if you just don't trust God in something, and I, I, like I said, Again, that's been on my spirit all day is that, that part in the message translation where it's like all you have to do is trust Him. And I want to encourage you to just trust Him. 